Hello once again, everybody. I'm Peter Graves, and this is another edition of USA Nordic's Ticket to Fly, the topical news program as we talk to some of the great athletes and officials of the sport of ski jumping and Nordic combined. Joining me is Tom Kelly, the producer of our show, and we are going to discuss the upcoming interview with Nina Lucy, the veteran on the team and a 19-year-old upstart who is doing some great things, Andrew Erlob out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, and Tom Kelly, both of them at uh, different points in their career, but both of them very impressive. Yeah, this is a great interview. And one of the reasons we picked these two athletes is they were the only Americans who went to COVID era events this fall. Andrew went to the Grand Prix event in Wisla, Poland, and Nina went to the Grand Prix event for the women in Frenstad, Czech Republic. So we thought we'd talk to them a little bit, not just about their backgrounds, but also what it's like competing in a COVID era. That's right. With few spectators there in Europe. And Nina comes to us today from Courcheval, France, and uh, Andrew out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin. And uh, Tom, uh, one of the things that I, I wanted to get back to in this interview, and people will hear it, is the discussion of uh, Nina uh, when last I saw her was at the Olympic trials in December of 2017 at Utah Olympic Park. She had sustained a, a major injury. And she talks about how she came back. Impressive stuff. Yeah, it, it really is. And I, I think, Peter, in this interview, you really took us back to a dramatic uh, moment in the sport when she crashed at the Utah Olympic Park. And a lot of people have been really rooting for her to make that team. But it's just a test of the resiliency and the perseverance these young athletes have. And at 19 years of age, I think people can be excited about Andrew and what he what his potential is. Well, he's from my home state of Wisconsin, another athlete coming out of the Flying Eagle Ski Club in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, a club that is now consistently uh, turning out some great national team athletes. So it was interesting to hear his perspective. And I, I loved, and I won't, I won't uh, 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 spoil this, but I loved when he talked about the season ahead, the things that he picked and the goals that he has as he looks to head to the 2021 season. All right, all upcoming. Thank you very much, Tom, for your good work on this program. That'll do it here. Now let's segue to the interview with two great young athletes in A Ticket to Fly. Well, hello once again, everybody. I'm Peter Graves, and welcome to USA Nordic's Ticket to Fly. We have two great guests that are joining us uh, today live, Nina Lucy. Uh, originally out of Lake Placid, New York, and Andrew Urlaub out of Eau Claire, Wisconsin, uh, who joins us today via Florida, where he is for a couple of days, enjoying the weather down there. Nina joins us from Courcheval in France. Uh, welcome, Nina. Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here. Yeah, and Andrew, thank you very much for joining us. Yeah, thank you very much, Peter. You've been able to pull yourself away from the beach, right? Yes, for an hour. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I won't won't interrupt too much, but but it's great to to have you with us and and a lot of ground to cover. Uh, Nina, uh, 
and I'll I'll address this to you first, and and I, I will go to Andrew as well on it. But uh, you were born in Lake Placid. Um, I, I have known your family for a long time, um, grandparents and uh, and uh, Gus Lucy as well. And uh, you you come from a family steeped in Lake Placid and Olympic tradition and and history in winter sport. Um, Tell me a little bit how, how that has played out for you. Um, well, growing up in Lake Placid, I I guess originally I kind of took it all for granted. It was part of life to just, you know, experiment with all of the different sports. And coming from a pretty athletic family, uh, I did basically everything growing up. And it wasn't until much later that I was able to appreciate what my family had given me and also the legacy that my great-grandfather Gus left behind and um, that was in figure skating so it's I'm not very involved in that world at all but um, yeah it was it was cool growing up I ski raced I learned how to figure skate um, played soccer ran track cross-country running a little cross-country skiing um, yeah that <laughs> Did some horseback riding, so just a, a lot of everything. And um, growing up in the Adirondacks was really, really special to have everything so close. And of course, women's ski jumping. Uh, you're you've been around long enough to see uh, the incredible progress the sport has made, both in um, getting medal status at the Olympic Games. Um, what are your thoughts as you look back on on those pioneering women that helped get to women's jumping at the Olympics? What's really special about my position is those pioneering women are their, fr their friends, their role models, and their people that I got to know. And it was like I have this moment I remember I was in elementary school and there were some of the girls got to jump in Holman Colon. And I remember I was in the library and I printed out pictures of these people. It was Lindsay Van, Jessica Jerome, Annette Sagan, and Lena Yar. And these were like, they were so cool to me. And then <laughs> about, I don't know, probably 10 years later, I was, you know, competing with them and friendly with them. And it's, it's, it's really cool to, to see that they got to, they got to see all of their work kind of, pay pay off and now the olympics and the world cup is really competitive for women and it's it's just great well thank you for that let's uh, shift gears to uh, andrew andrew um and for many years when i lived in the midwest i was over in eau claire a lot the uh, silver mine jump and and the famed flying eagle ski club so you grew up in in a community that has uh, really rich uh, nordic traditions as well. What has it been like for you growing up there? Um, well, I'm actually the opposite of Nina. Uh, my family had zero background in skiing. And we were actually, um, there was a lot of wrestlers in my family. Uh -huh. So you could say a similar body type. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the... Um, the rich culture and really the background of Eau Claire and ski jumping that just made it all the better to be a ski jumper. And, and 
many athletes uh, came before you there, and I'm sure in uh, in that small community, uh, there's a tremendous support for you uh, being an athlete. I think you're just 19 years of age. Uh, I guess you started jumping very young, maybe five years of age. And here you are now, uh, uh, you know, you had an 18th last winter at, uh, at the, uh, junior world championships. Uh, you, you, you jumped, uh, in Wisla, Poland, uh, at the, uh, men's summer grand prix here. You are now on a very, very major stage. Uh, can you believe that it's all come together? No, I cannot. And looking back on it, I did not expect this at all. But um, I think the time that I grew up was a great time in the Flying Eagles um, history books. We had many people on the U.S. ski team um, competing in Europe. And so they were great role models to look up to, such as the Mattoons, the Loomises, the Andersons. so, yeah, when I was growing up, I got to look up to them and see what they were doing. And that's what I wanted to, wanted to do. Do you feel like you're kind of carrying the torch at the international level for, for the club? Um, no, uh, Ben Loomis um, is still going strong. And um, I have not seen Ben recently. Um, mm-hmm. So I hope he's doing well. Um. But yeah, I think right now it's myself and Ben Loomis and we're carrying the torch and we're representing the Flying Eagle Ski Club. And how did you feel about your performance in Visla? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we, as a team, we had a pretty late start to the summer. Uh, we normally start jumping in early June. We didn't get our first jumps until about the middle of July. Um so it was a quick turnaround to be competing internationally that soon. Um, so the consistency wasn't there. I think the jumps were close, but just not enough repetitions on the hill yet in the summer to have the consistency up. So um, I think it was a good building block. And looking back, looking back on it, I'm very glad we went. And um, yeah, it's a, it was a good... Um, it was a good uh, cornerstone for the summer and looking into the winter. All right. Well, we hope it continues. I'll segue back to uh, Nina here. Nina, uh, I I do want to ask you about uh, the impressions you have. You've been in France uh, with the the COVID-19 situation um, because you can enlighten us a little bit by telling about it with the kind of European perspective. So uh, what has it been like competing and training under the specter of this uh, pandemic? Well, as you mentioned before, I'm based here in Courchevel, France, and uh, it's, it's really a blessing to be up in the mountains. We are pretty secluded, and the team that I'm training with is the French national team, so they're are five girls, myself included, and then two coaches that are with us all the time. And it's an interesting um, setup they have because a lot of the girls aren't from Courchevel exactly, but they move here to train in the summer. So then we're, we're basically a very closed, closed group. And then all of the sessions 
on the hill have been structured so that there is an overlap. And when we're waiting, there's a funicular and we're, we need to wear masks in the funicular. And then when we're waiting to get on, we need to sit uh, distance from each other. And if, they're, if you're feeling sick at all, you're advised not to come to training. And luckily, tests are pretty accessible here. So you make a, a scheduled t- uh, COVID test and you go down to one of the nearest cities, which is either an hour or two hours away and get your test. And usually they get the results about a day later. And so that way we've been able to, to keep ourselves clean in a way, um, Mm -hmm. which has been really great. And we actually, we did uh, last week have one positive test, which was pretty alarming. And so we were on the edge of having to shut things down for a couple weeks, but we all got tested and it was a lone case. So um, that member was then removed from the group for two weeks until, um, they're better and then they can rejoin. So that's mm. how training's been going. And then obviously it was a risk going to the Grand Prix, but, um, FIST did a really good job of having rules and, you know, distancing and yeah, it seems like mass culture and just being conscious and getting tested regularly is how it's going to be in the winter. So it's great, great practice. So help me understand the environment that you're competing in. Uh, are there no spectators or are they socially distanced or limited in number? Um, I believe the rules were no spectators, but um, yeah, it's a, it's a famous jumping hill and it's uh, there isn't much going on in, in this region. So there were a few people that gathered, but um, it was enforced that they, you know, stayed distance and if it was there were probably maybe 20 20 people watching so there's plenty of room and it's summer so people were spread out and it wasn't it wasn't that hard to manage so yeah that was yeah that was basically how that went and for the athletes yeah we um we all had our own our own uh, changing areas and it was fenced off so within the fence you could you know, warm up without a mask on because that's, you know, getting sweaty in the mask is not really that great. But um, outside of the mask, you were distancing and, or outside of the fence, you were distancing and wearing the masks. Okay. Well, thank you for that. I'm Peter Graves. This is Ticket to Fly. Let's go back to Andrew. Uh, And uh, Andrew, uh, you're a bit younger uh, than Nina and, uh, still gaining that international experience. But one of the things as a former athlete, I I think about how difficult it would be for me to stay on focus with training has, how has COVID worked out uh, with you? Is it distracting or are you thankful in a way that you have a sport like ski jumping that you can just focus on? How, how do you view all that? Um, well, Peter, at the beginning, it was very tough because for us, we travel a lot. So around April and May, when we were trying to make plans for the summer, it was, I almost want to say impossible because, I mean, the next day there was different rules, regulations, travel bans. Um, so yeah. It started out where we were pretty clueless to what our summer was going to look like. 
and then around June it started taking shape. But then um, we were already seeing our international counterparts, um, our competitors. They were already taking their first jumps end of May, early June. Mm-hmm. And so that was tough to see where we were kind of waiting. And um, yeah, so that was tough. And all we could do was focus in the gym and have the mindset of once we do get that opportunity to get our first jumps that we just need to be ready to go. And um, yeah, so now um, in in September, it's a little different story. Um, Ski jumping is a very different sport. So once we had the opportunity to finally jump, we were able to train and stay socially distant, um, adhere to protocols. And so I'm very thankful for that. Um, the competitions went off very well. We probably had uh, a little under 50 competitors at the Grand Prix. And as far as my knowledge, we had uh, zero positive cases from the event. There were even 999 fans allowed. Oh, wow. They were, yeah, they were also socially distant, but... Um, they even had an event in Poland a month later, so I don't think there was a big breakout from that. And yeah, so it's it's getting me excited for the winter. That I'm very optimistic that uh, we will definitely be having events, and hopefully that closely resemble to a normal winter. Yeah, uh, Wisla, of course, uh, uh, the uh, area where the famed Adam Mawish uh comes from and uh adam now very much involved with the uh, polish ski jumping program i i'm thinking uh andrew it was really tough at the end of last season i mean because the plug got pulled awfully quickly didn't it oh it was crazy uh I, yeah no i will never forget waking up in the morning i believe it was a thursday morning and my roommate running in, uh, Grayson Sharfs, I'm sure most of you will know him. Um, he runs into the room and he's like, look at your phone there. We got to We got to get out of here. And that was the day, uh, president Trump, he put on the travel ban. Yep. Um, and there was very minimal details about this ban. So we woke up and we thought we had to get home. And so, yeah, we all, we're looking for flights and we all left either a day or two later, or at least the ones that were in Slovenia. Um, there was competitions going on in Norway at the time. So they had a few more complications and didn't get home till later. Um, but yeah, that was very upsetting. We had two more weekends left of the season. Uh, for myself, I had a continental cup in Zakopane mm-hmm. and then the possibility of ski flying world championships for the final weekend of the season and so that was very disappointing that would have been my first time ever ski flying and I was really looking forward to that uh, but on the bright side hopefully now I will be even more prepared for the ski flying world championships that will now be in December so 
And they yeah. are unbelievable. I, I'm sure <laughs> you've heard. And normally, I mean, you can't find a place to spectate from the the huge crowds. But we'll see. We'll see what happens, you know, and we'll see if a vaccine comes up. Uh, thank you for your thoughts on that, Andrew. I appreciate that. Let's go back to Nina. Nina, a, a, a couple of uh, uh, things uh, that I do want to ask you. Um that are interesting in, in looking at your uh, your bio. You, I believe, graduated from the Stamms Ski Gymnasium in Austria. And um, that's a pretty special place. And, and it's very prestigious in skiing and especially in ski jumping to be there. What did you find going to this specialized ski academy in Austria? Well, it was a, overall, it was a really great experience. Um, you know, it was, uh, I was there ages, I think, 16 to 18. And I mean, that's a, you learn a lot about yourself in that time, and especially being in a foreign culture and going to school in a different language was, was pretty hard. And ski jumping and the training, that was the stuff that I already knew. And so right away, I felt comfortable in that sphere. And um, then becoming friends with these they at the time were future stars and now they're the present stars in, um, in skiing and uh, ski jumping. And so it's, it's really, I made a lot of really great friends and those that are still jumping, it's always nice to see them. I got the chance to, we had a training camp and we traveled to Garmisch and to Innsbruck. And then, I mean, it's, it's just really cool. You're, you're school friends with a guy that has, you know, a world cup globe sitting at home and you're like, Oh, but he's still the same guy, but now he's famous. Yeah. Um, so, so that was a really great experience. And, um, I learned a lot and not just about ski jumping, but just, you know, decided I liked the European lifestyle as well. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I, I, I want to ask you a little bit about, uh, your landing in France. What are you finding it like working with a French team? Um, this, yeah, this was, as Andrew mentioned earlier, this spring was pretty hectic of not knowing anything, not knowing what was happening. Uh, we're having a little bit of a shift on the women's side, um, age wise, and they're focusing a little bit more on development, which kind of put me in a tricky spot as I'm already, um, 26. So that I'm the more experienced side and, um, I was looking for a, a good fit where I could see myself growing. And, um, my ultimate goal is the 22 Olympics, which are coming right up. And in order to, to make it there, I knew I needed to, uh, improve. And yeah, I looked at, you know, I had plenty of time for thinking, which was a blessing, I guess. And um, I liked the idea of going to Norway. And I also liked what I what little I had seen on the World Cup of this French team is they're young, the coach is pretty like he's very, uh, he has really great attention to detail and is always picking up on what the other teams are doing and um, incorporating different techniques. And that's I mean, that's what I'd seen from competing, but you, you don't really know until you're in it what to expect. Um, so that was, yeah, that was pretty nerve wracking as well as moving here. And I was like, well, I'm coming, uh, travel isn't really an option now. So I guess I'm going to land here and see, see how it goes. And, um, yeah, so it's a team of five girls 
and there's one she always jokes because she we're the same age but she's uh 10 days older than me so she you know feels superior there means julia claire mm-hmm. and um yeah so it's a great mix so the youngest on the team i think she's 18 um and she had a really it's josephine panier and she had a really good season last year as an up-and-comer and got some medals at the Youth Olympics, which was big and um, didn't have as much success on the World Cup, but, you know, she's young. so Yeah. Uh, you come from a, a multilingual family. I'm thinking particularly of, of your mom. Um, mm-hmm. uh, do you speak uh, – I suspect you speak German. Do you speak other languages? Um, yeah, so I speak German, and luckily, like, when I was at Stamms, I had to do all school in German, so that really – it's solid now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did a little Spanish in high school, but mm-hmm. um, kind of when I start, when I thought about moving here, I was regretting not taking any French. Um, how's my French coming along? Well, um, you know, <laughs> it could be better. I'm yeah. currently involved in some, some college classes too. So I have not invested as much time in the, um, the language department, but um, I think yeah. I am slowly picking it up and I'm just going to need to make the decision and really, uh, put the time in. Yeah. Do you find, uh, there are significant differences between, uh, the training you had in Slovenia to what you're experiencing now in France? Uh, I would say the, the culture is a bit different, um, in that I, I kind of, I mean, I would prefer this because I, I was I was on my own a lot in Slovenia, and um, here I'm part of the group and also the club dynamic. the The boys are training with us, and those this is the French men's team. Those they're a young team as well, and those are now my friends, and they've been really open. and um, It's pretty nice. One guy, John T. Leroy, his parents are from. England. So I knew that I knew that I'd have at least one English speaker and they've been so nice to me this summer and um, we'll have barbecues at their house and just a break and able to speak English and sit outside and enjoy, enjoy the mountains. <laughs> That's great. Well, uh, you, she, Nina's training uh, on the Olympic jumps of Alberville, 1992 in Courchevel. Uh, if you recall back, Ernst Vittori of Austria won the Normal Hill. Tony Niemann won the Big Hill, that being 1992. We'll get back to Nina in a minute. Uh, I have a question about the Olympic trials from 2018 that I want to uh, speak with her about. Andrew, uh, this is all coming fast and furious. Uh, I guess maybe a two-part question, but uh, one is, how are you dealing with this international ski world? And uh, in that this is competition and we're all hungry for results, of course, how do you try to keep the pressure off you? Because you, you, you've still got lots of jumps to take in a long journey. Oh, ex- exactly. And um, I... Well, I guess our whole team, um, we kind of had the reset button pushed after the uh, 2018 Winter Olympics. So there was probably four of us, four to five to six of us that were younger 
um, still in high school even, uh, that kind of got pushed onto the international scene. And um, so that, um, that was probably three, or I guess it would have been 2019, the winter of 2019. Um, and so obviously we had our ups and downs during that season. Um, but that was kind of our initial, this is what it is. Um, take everything in as an experience, enjoy it, and don't worry about the results. Um, and so that was fantastic. That was one of my favorite seasons I've had so far. Uh, so many new experiences and seeing people that I've watched on the World Cup since I was 10 years old. And yeah, so that was fantastic. And then this past winter season, it was a different story. We were a little older, I guess only one year older. Um, but yeah, then there was a little more expectations for us, um, especially because we have our fearless leader, uh, Kevin Bickner. Um, but then there's kind of a gap in between him and the rest of us. Uh, so we're always um, chasing Kevin, but um, yeah, we're still a little ways off, and um, he does a great job of showing us the ropes. And because he was in the same spot, he had a little older team. Mm -hmm. uh, he was younger, kind of got pushed on the scene. So he was—he's been there, done that, and he does a great job of showing us. Um, and yeah. Well, that's that's good to know. Um, Want to ask you? Perhaps you know, maybe you don't know, but you can tell us. Uh, what are you hearing on the latest about Junior Worlds uh, scheduled for February in Zakopane? Do you know what the status is? Is it still on? Yes, as of right now, I, as far as my knowledge, everything on the winter schedule is uh, going as planned. So. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife who's on the FIS cross country committee. I know they're having a meeting, uh, maybe the end of September or early October. I think all disciplines are doing that. So I guess we'll do a lot more, but safe to say that, uh, at least, uh, uh, world junior championships is looking good right now. Nina, I want to go back to you if you may, um, uh, something that I, I'm sure in some ways is seared uh, in your mind. Um, I know it wasn't mine. Uh, I was in the announce booth doing the PA announcing with Anders, and um, I saw your fall in the Olympic trials. That is a tough fall. Um, and there was a silence that went over this place, realizing that it was not uh, a walkaway injury from. What, with the, with I guess the gift of time, uh, and I want to ask you several questions about that. Um, what do you kind of remember about that day? And you're an example of perseverance. You you overcome. You overcame something that not everybody can do. And props to you for doing so. What are your thoughts on that? Well, thank you. Um... Yeah, my thoughts. Uh, to get to that moment, it took a lot. Um, 
I'm so sure. in 2017, I was uh, dropped from the national team, which was tough. And so even to to get to that point took took a lot. And so in my mind, actually, that's still one of the competitions that I'm the most proud of. Um, I had two good jumps, and uh, had I landed, I would have qualified for the Olympics, and um, that's been a goal of mine for for a long time. And um, but yeah, it was didn't end well for me. But the good thing was, is I was I had to you know face it immediately, and it was nice that I didn't have to deal with the lag of people finding out because amazingly enough, so many people from across the country had tuned into the um, to the to TV to watch it on right. TV. Um, so everyone kind of knew what happened, which was nice. I didn't have to rehash the details um everyone except for my dad actually he mm-hmm. was back in Lake Placid and he gets really nervous when like watching competitions so yeah. he <laughs> he had to take a break and he went outside behind my house and started chopping wood and he's also mm-hmm. he doesn't have a cell phone isn't really on social media or any of that so uh he didn't actually know what happened so basically the world knew but my dad didn't know Oh boy. Um, yeah. But then uh yeah, I went went to the hospital and yeah, it was it was really frustrating. I got asked about like eight times, Oh, ski jumper, have you been to the Olympics? And I was like, God, no. <laughs> Don't say that. Right. <laughs> um, but then um yeah, coming back from that was tough, but it I don't know, like I said, I faced it immediately and at that moment I knew I was going to give it another four years. So uh yeah. Well, it's good good for you that you saw some sort of silver lining and that facing it. But did was there any microbe of doubt at any point uh, that you're saying like, I just don't know if I can do this another four years? Um, at the time, no. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I my my main goal with my ski jumping career is I want to leave it feeling satisfied and feeling like I've done everything that I can and could do, um, to, to become my best. And, um, as we spoke about before, women's ski jumping is changing every year and, um, whether my best is the best that's yet to be determined, but it's more important that I, that I reach my potential. And that also led me to this decision now to move to France to train with this team because, um, as you know, the um, Olympic qualifying starts uh, started this summer and goes up on up until the games, basically. So uh, it's now or never, and um, doing my best to just keep learning, and that's what is really great about changing the environment. It's just keeping me stimulated and you know fresh ideas. Same sport, and I still love this sport. So that's yeah. the most important part. Well, I mean, that's, that's pretty inspirational. Um, Nina has had a long jump, just FYI, 135 meters in Planitza, has had a Continental Cup win in Fallen back in March of 2014. And Nina, now, uh, I want to just get your sense, women's Nordic combined at the World Championships this year in Oberstdorf. What's your take on that? Um, that's probably, I'm so excited to watch that. Um, and I say watch that because earlier this spring, there was also a thought that maybe just maybe Nordic combined was my path, but I'm much happier as a special ski jumper. So, 
Um, it's it's great. One of my my longtime teammates, rivals, friends, Tara Garrity Motes will be um, representing the U.S. there, and I'm so excited to watch that. And also a former um, special jumper Svenja Wurt from Germany. She just switched over to Nordic Combined, and she I think she has some world championship medals in ski jumping. So she is definitely a force to be reckoned with, and it'll be interesting to see. And she's also a similar age to me. So switching sports at this time and seeing how fast you can get at cross-country skiing and then competing against some of these younger girls from countries like Norway, where um, obviously they've spent time on cross-country skis their whole life and then um, have a very strong strategy, strategic approach to building a strong team. So they, I mean, they have a pretty pretty large history in the Nordic scene, so... Yeah, yeah, it'll be great to watch. So. And yeah, I think for anybody who loves sports, it's going to be awesome. And uh, Tara Garrity most certainly goes in as, as a, a person that could could win an Olympic gold medal uh, or, or uh, Olympic gold medal, world championship medal. So, Andrew, I want to go uh, back to you. Uh, uh, we don't know really how this COVID thing is still going to play out as time marches on. But um, as you look forward to a world championship season and the Olympics, not very far away in Beijing, what are you hoping for this season? What progress, what's on your radar? Uh, what criteria do you want to try to shoot for? Um, well, for myself, this winter will actually be a, uh, potential triple world championship winner. Uh, first, we have ski flying world championships in December. Mm -hmm. And then my final year of junior world championships in Zakopane, Poland, which I believe is end of January, early February. Mm -hmm. And then, um, yeah, concluding with Oberstorf, uh, world championships so yeah it is a huge season for me and um yeah i'll i'm my main focus is um junior world championships at least result wise um i've done well in the past two seasons uh two years ago i was 27th in lati finland Mm -hmm. And then this past year, I was 18th uh, in Oberwiesenthal, Germany. Mm -hmm. So uh, this is a yeah my final junior world championships, and um, yeah, I would love to be on the podium, uh, the first ever men's uh, ski jumping junior world championship medal. That has been. Um, a gold mine so uh i will be working my hardest to do that and um ski flying for the first time that is going to be an experience in itself i uh, cannot wait for that and luckily that i mean it's sooner than we think that'll be already in december so that'll be yeah. a big of an eye yeah um, are you ready to handle whatever happens because we don't know with this COVID-19 thing. Uh, however, are, are you are you just 
ready to roll with the punches and take the season as it may, because there are a lot of unknowns right now. Exactly. And I am a pretty flexible person and I, um, do normally roll with the punches. Uh, but I will be very devastated if things do start to really kind of collapse and, um, a lot of cancellations. Um, but I, I can roll with the punches and if they have to make accommodations like, um, more of like a bubble, um, stay in one country for two weeks, compete there, um, at different hills and then go back to Slovenia for two weeks and do some sort of quarantine and then move on to the next country or, um, even if they have a normal schedule with zero fans, you know, that would be disappointing, but I'm doing what I love. So, uh, I don't think that would affect me too much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, rolling with the punches, that's the world we live in right now. So, well, that's good. That's, that's good. Do. You have wisdom beyond your years. Um, and finally, uh, I'll go back to Nina quickly. Uh, Nina, uh, in terms of performance objectives, what are you hoping for this winter? Performance objectives. Well, um, I'm trying to um, build a really stable base. Uh, so that's kind of my number one priority right now. So I kind of relearned some technique stuff. And um, yeah, I'm hoping to consistently score points and um, just enjoy the competitive atmosphere and, you know, performing well at the right time um so and then yeah getting getting geared up for the world championships will be really exciting and um that's that's fun like last year i or last time it was my first world championships and competing in the the mixed team event was definitely a highlight um because i i mean i'm a ski jumping fan too not just an athlete and so when you're jumping against um, some of your heroes. It's pretty, it's pretty cool. Indeed. Well, uh, that's going to be a, a wrap on our show today. Uh, uh, Nina and Andrew, thank you so much for joining us. I, I really enjoyed it. Very interesting, uh, chat. Thanks, Peter. Yeah. Thank you very much, Peter. Yeah. You're, you're so welcome. Well, that'll do it for a ticket to fly. I'm Peter Graves. Our show has been produced by Tom Kelly. And I want to thank everybody for listening in. And don't forget, you can subscribe on your favorite podcast platform or Ticket to Fly. For now, I'm Peter Graves. Thanks so much for joining us.